0: The moment you say it aloud into a crowd, you are cast as this scarlet letter. You are dirty and you are undignified, and how disgusting. This is Sexy Funny Raw, where we chat all about the world of sex from dating and relationships all the way to the adult industry itself. I'm Sylvia Sage, and this is my Porn Spective answering all the questions you weren't even brave enough to ask Google. Get ready, because sexy, funny, raw starts now. What's up, guys? Welcome to another show of sexy, funny, raw. As you might be able to tell, we are in a very different studio space. Um, I am here with Dr. Eddie, of course, giving us his public health perspective. And this week, we're actually going to go very deep into public health perspective, because one topic that I specifically run into a lot, um, mainly because I have to tell my partners, um, is the herpes virus. And I feel like there are so many misconceptions, um, beliefs um, surrounding herpes that are just very incorrect and hurtful, honestly. Um, And I'm done with the shame that lives around this. So I think we are going to talk about it, right?
1: Definitely, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. Yeah. So let's get into it.
0: So first off, let's talk about what is
1: herpes. So it, it is a virus yes. uh, that you can contract uh, via skin to skin or mm-hmm. sexual. Sexual is usually the way the the go. Yeah. Uh, there's two different types: HSV one, uh, which is the herpes virus, is for oral. Mm-hmm. So if you have it around your mouth, some people get. Uh, Sores on the outside, but some mm-hmm. people get sores on the inside and you can't see them. Mm, uh And tricky. then it, it is a little <laughs> bit tricky. Uh, and then uh, HSV2 uh, is genital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can get it in a variety That's of me. ways through <laughs> uh, touching those areas. And you can pass it uh, from oral to genital. Of course. Right. Uh, so if you like if one if a person has oral. And they have sores breaking out Mm -hmm. uh, and they masturbate and saliva gets to themselves. They won't pass it to themselves.
0: Oh, I thought you were about to say they would. I was like, wow. They wouldn't.
1: However, if someone is uh, performing oral on you and you have an outbreak at the time, Mm -hmm. and in some cases, and we'll get into that as well, uh, if you don't have an outbreak at Mm -hmm. the time, there's something called viral shedding, which happens from time to time. So there is no... One of the misconceptions here is that if you don't have an outbreak, you can't pass it to your partner. Yeah, and, and I've
0: actually, I've actually been told that myself. That it's more definitely more difficult to pass it, but you can still pass it. So Absolutely. tell me about the shedding because I don't know what the shedding viral shedding
1: yeah. uh, means. There are par, uh, times that your body is naturally uh, infectious. Okay, uh, like and,
0: just like a shedding of my uterine lining, that type of thing? Not so
1: literal and biological (laughs) per se, uh, but the the virus is present all of the time. Just because you don't have an outbreak doesn't mean that your viral load hasn't gone up for whatever reason. Interesting. At which point then viral shedding can occur. And so what I would be nervous to say or cautious to say Mm -hmm. is that you can't pass it if you're asymptomatic. Okay. uh, Or if you don't have an outbreak. Right. uh, Which... Meaning you've never
0: had a symptom or an outbreak
1: or anything. Right. Okay. Uh, You can still definitely pass it. And so it really becomes a conversation Mm -hmm. and it becomes a, there's a couple of different ways to deal with this. Yeah.
0: I think it's also very important that we do note to people that uh, you can be asymptomatic your entire life. You can can, go... um, most outbreaks, if you do um, contract the virus, most outbreaks will occur within two to 14 days, but you can go years, sometimes your entire life without having any symptom, any type of outbreak, but you still carry the virus in your system. And again, you can still uh, asymptomatically probably not be passing it, but you
1: still... Um, asymptomatically, you can also pass can it because pass viral, it. Passing, uh, viral shedding still occurs. Yeah, And so it's just not... It's much more difficult. Yeah. Right. And so, in that instance, you can definitely pass it along, but the percentages are quite low. I don't want to give yeah. you a number per se. Yeah. Uh, but there, it's much more difficult.
0: Well, then, if we have a virus now, when I think of virus, I think of a cold. I think of a flu. Sure. I think of uh, even more extensive the coronavirus, um, which could kill people. Um, now, this is my knowledge herpes will not actually, uh, kill anyone. Correct. So this is a virus that you live with your entire life that sometimes will flare, sometimes cannot flare. Um, but definitely is not and doesn't make this person unhealthy. Correct.
1: Absolutely. And just to clarify that Mm -hmm. a little bit more viruses per se, we don't have anything to kill viruses. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and so, Antivirals aren't like antibacteria, so it's Mm. not necessarily the same thing. Antivirals can be suppressants and can be a variety of other Mm -hmm. things. Uh, So the misconception that a virus is a way you can cure it is a misconception. Right. Much like um, or unlike other STIs, that you can use antibiotics to cure them because they're bacteria. Mm -hmm. And so a bacterial infection is quite different from a viral infection.
0: And now um is that because because it can be so undetected that if your viral load isn't high enough that the medication that you would be getting wouldn't actually be serving any purpose
1: right? So it depends on a bunch of different variables. variables. Right. <laughs> uh, and I know that we like simple answers, but right. it's a little bit more complicated because every human biology, like your biology is very different from my biology. And you as a woman is going to be different from another woman mm-hmm. per se. And so depending on that, some of the the drugs that are currently available, they help suppress flares or outbreaks. Yes. Um, And in some cases, they need to be consistent in your system. Mm -hmm. In some cases, you take them. I'm a daily suppressant for all myself. And so the daily suppressants uh, work for some people and not others. Mm. Uh, Oh, really? And they're really great for the people that can have an outbreak or can Mm. have a big flare. Mm -hmm. Uh, But some people, like it wouldn't make a difference if you were asymptomatic and you were taking it. Right. So if you yeah. don't have anything. Yeah. That
0: I, I take it difference. every day. So I don't have anything. That's well, but my the, thought process. Even though you're right? taking
1: it, if you're under extreme stress, Ooh. there's a lot of other variables yes, that impact that our is, immune system. That's
0: accurate. Yeah. I do notice anytime I'm under stress, I will start to notice what a symptom for, for me. And for a lot of people is a slight tingle. Yeah. I'll feel a slight tingle and I'm like, Oh, I itch for a second. And then I'm like, ha that's uh that's not a tingle. Something's coming in strong, but I'll just go and take, a yeah. double dose of my medication. And at that point, usually nothing even comes from that.
1: But my understanding, the same tingle occurs if you have oral. Yeah. So it's like the, you're about to get a, a, a cold sore type yeah. of feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those suppressants can, but may not be enough to suppress an outbreak all mm-hmm. of the time. And mm-hmm. it really depends on a variety of social, environmental, yeah. economic factors. Yeah. None of us are just our biology, right? So we mm-hmm. have to take into account, you know, homelessness or um mm, all of those other variables yeah. that increase stress oh yeah and and that of course brings in if you don't even have access to testing and of don't course, have access to, to medications right, and right. the suppressants and absolutely and not everybody that has it is on suppressants mm-hmm. and so uh, it's not necessarily needed if you're not having a lot of outbreaks all, the, all of the time but it's mm-hmm. kind of you have to be careful of stressful kind of situations yeah because If you're super stressed, Mm -hmm. it's very, very likely that you'll have an outbreak.
0: Yeah, I think that's when I notice it the most. And when people in my life that also uh, carry this virus with them, I know that that's a heavy trigger for a lot of them as well.
1: That being said, we're also really susceptible to catching a cold when we're really stressed. And all of those things are kind of related in that aspect. Because your immune system is is down. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So interesting. Um, so I think some of the the questions that I was getting from people, um, this one to me is 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 why is it so stigmatized? What is it that makes Herpes in particular, because I feel the word makes people very uncomfortable. Um, But this stigma in particular, sometimes I feel like even if I say I've got, you know, um, gonorrhea or the, you know, the HPV virus or something like that, um, people don't take it as seriously. They kind of look at herpes as like the end all be all of the dirtiest thing that you could be (laughs) (laughs) when so much of our population has it. I mean- the numbers are staggering. What I've seen online is anywhere from 50 to 80% of the um human population, this is worldwide, already carry the virus in their system, and that up to 90% of the people who are infected with the virus are either just not tested or undetected. So the likelihood that this virus pretty much lives within all of us is so high, yet the moment you say it aloud into a crowd, you are cast as this scarlet letter. You are dirty and you are undignified and how disgusting. Um, I found a quote online that I really loved and I'm going to read it to you. And this quote is from Janelle Marie Davis and she's the founder of the STD project. And it's basically demystifying herpes and yeah. the conversation that we're having right now. This is her quote and I loved it so very much. People get infections all the time, colds, flus, and no one shames these people because there is no, you did something bad to get this. As a society, we tell people how and who to have sex with, and then you add a taboo infection as a result of being sexually active, and people go crazy. It's... What, it's exactly what they think you should have gotten for being promiscuous. When all in the same, they could get it just as easily as we as a person who is sleeping with a hundred people or a pe- person who is sleeping with one person. It's a virus, and it can be skin to skin. We've had the conversation of herpes, one virus, which is the most um, most uh, common. Most common. Um, it is skin to skin. It can be a simple um, a you know, a brush of, of lips or, you
1: know, um, yeah, so not necessarily you're going to get it if you, you share a, a cup or anything right, like that. Right. Uh, but certainly if you're using someone's toothbrush right. or something like that, yeah. for sure. Absolutely.
0: Or even just a simple peck on the lips or, you know, like anything like
1: that. I mean, I think that we get into sketchy ground there Do because we? it, it okay. could happen.
0: Okay. Um, uh,
1: but how likely is it to happen? Yeah. Right. There's going to be a couple of variables at play there. Yeah. Like if there's viral shedding happening, if you're Mm. in the middle of an outbreak, all of those things are definitely going to be variables. There is no clean cut. Yes and no. Yeah. Uh, But back to why people might feel this way specific to herpes, I'd say that there's a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, And so that quote summed up quite quite a bit of it uh, Mm -hmm. really nicely. Uh, I'd say that we have a long history of stigmatizing STIs. Yes. Right. And so back when it was like VD, which wasn't like a clear anything, Mm. right? All of those things. Um,
0: it's interesting because you don't hear the word VD anymore.
1: You don't. And you, you rarely hear the class either. Yeah. And so all of these things used to be on like public health messaging, Mm. uh, a lot of it was for our soldiers when they were going abroad to be safe yeah. and all of that stuff which but they weren't the, they absolutely weren't no yeah. uh, but we're also not being particularly safe now too yeah, of right yeah. uh and so that being said there's a long history and if we're looking at it from an american perspective yeah. which in this at least in our, a lot of our conversations we try and bring in a global perspective, but the American perspective, per se, is certainly a little bit Puritan, yeah. is certainly a little bit religious. And so all of those things uh, kind of speak to your comment about this is what some people deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But kind of the last piece that I would think is really important that makes herpes distinct, mm. um, I would probably, well, I would definitely classify it probably closer to HIV, mm. only that it... There's the The non-curability. Oh, oh, the non-curability. There's the non-curability of it. And so syphilis has been around for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Chlamydia, gonorrhea, all three of those are bacterial infections. But syphilis
0: is also uh, non-curable or or lives in your system, correct?
1: So that's a little bit more complicated. So once you have had it um, and they test for it, it will show that you have been exposed to it. Oh,
0: okay. okay. Uh, it's not it's in different. your system anymore, okay.
1: because the uh, antibiotics will cure it. Got it. The same way that chlamydia and gonorrhea. Okay, right. So okay. it will not be in your system. However, but- you have had an exposure. And that's what the test is testing for. Interesting. So if the test, typically, it's a number. Mm-hmm. And so if that number is the same as the last time you were tested, and yeah. they know for sure that you were cured of it, then that's how they say, okay, this is how you don't have it. This is just your number as an exposure.
0: That's an important to know with herpes as well. That's how it will show up on your test. If you get a test with it, which you have to specifically request you do. because it doesn't just come on any test. Um, Even as full STI panels
1: often yeah, don't have of it. Course. So it needs to be asked for.
0: We do a full panel yeah. and including mouth swabs and anal swabs for um, pornography, but we don't include yeah. herpes. But when you do test for it, when you specifically ask for it, it comes back to you in percentages it tells you if you're greater than or less than so basically even when you're testing for it it doesn't say yes you have herpes no you don't it says you're below the percentages where you basically it's um it's not active
1: right you've had an exposure and you may or may not have it okay may or may not Right. Well, because we, we think medical and biomedical science Mm -hmm. is like a clean cut thing. And a lot of times it depends because there's a lot of variables at play. Yeah. And so I know we like hard, fast answers, but there are really, there's very few hard, fast answers. Yeah. Uh, And so being able to have those conversations Mm -hmm. and testing, Mm. uh, Since we don't have those conversations here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. testing is really low. In other uh, highly industrialized nations, a lot of testing occurs, right? We can talk about examples of like Scandinavia and parts of Europe, highly industrialized nations uh, where – STI numbers might look higher, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, but it's because there's better testing. There's places mm-hmm. uh, having these conversations. There's places where teenagers can go and get tested and not feel any Amazing. of the stigma, right? We don't have any of that stuff in the US because yeah. we kind of put it in this dirty box. Yes. It's like <laughs> a, a weird, dirty secret box. That everybody opens every day all of the time. So it's just a little bit more of the hypocrisy that we have in our day-to-day lives, right? Because you're saying, don't have sex, Mm -hmm. abstinence only, clearly that doesn't work, (laughs) right? Uh, And so safe sex works sometimes and not others. And also... I was going to say, important point. An important point, and we can get into why that's the case. And so... Uh, even using condoms when we're talking about something like herpes. Listen to this, kids. Is not 100%. The reason that is, is because a condom only covers a certain percentage of the shaft if we're talking yes. about the male penis, yes. right? And so if something is occurring below where that condom is, yep. and that's what's rubbing up against like the other part of the other person's body, mm-hmm. that means it's like not having anything on you yes. when it comes to this specific thing yeah right because it can happen in a lot of different places and mm-hmm. so some people might think of herpes as like you're having outbreaks along the rim or the or the head of a penis mm-hmm. or different parts of the labia mm-hmm. or the vulva uh, and so that's not always the case because yeah. it could be in any of these pieces, any of those parts yeah usually where you get an outbreak is where you were infected
0: interesting okay and so Mine are around the same place every time, so that's very interesting. Yeah, that I mean, well,
1: that would make sense because yeah, that that's does. the way it works.
0: I didn't know that. So Look at what I
1: learned. On the male, for the male penis, for example, yeah. if you were infected and it was like around the head, that's where your outbreaks will be.
0: Interesting. So he wouldn't have gotten that had he had a condom, but his outbreaks might have been towards the, the shaft in that case. Correct. So very interesting. So
1: condoms really don't, and well, you have to be really, yeah. really careful.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I love that because a lot of people, I think— especially the reason I wanted to have this conversation in in general is because I was having relations with someone and I made them get tested. We um, had the the herpes conversation and you know, he was like, well, if I have other partners, do I have to now like tell them? And I was like, well, that's on you. Uh, You probably should. I was like, but am I the first person having this conversation with you? And he said, yes. And you're also the first person to ask me to get tested before having sex. And I was like, Okay. So now let's put this together. You're 47 years old. How many people have you slept with? Um, One in five people are infected. So one in two, honestly, if we're being, you know,
1: I mean, pretty close for sure. Yeah. One in
0: two people are affected. So the odds that you have met at least one person who was also infected and they haven't given you this information, they haven't had this conversation with you. That's where the problem lies. It's not, you know, it's not um people like myself who are very open to having these conversations it's the people who are just spreading it without thinking or maybe they don't know because they haven't gotten tested themselves it's the uh what's the word i'm looking for um ignorance (laughs) the ignorance is bliss type of um mentality you know but you can't live in that forever
1: agreed 100 percent. and realistically what the the your partner perhaps could have done is mm-hmm. gone to get tested for herpes specifically before they have sex with mm-hmm. you. Right. And he did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so that could potentially lead to, Oh, I've already been exposed. Mm-hmm. And that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so since so many people have never heard of any of this stuff, mm-hmm. right. And don't know that every time you go to the doctor and they take blood and they give you an STI panel mm-hmm. and they it's not test there. you for HIV and all that stuff, yeah. it never comes up. It's mm-hmm. because, it's one of those things that doesn't get tested for.
0: Yeah, and because it's hard to test for.
1: Yeah, well, because it's more if expensive. Because
0: if right. you don't have a current outbreak though, that your uh, numbers aren't necessarily as high, correct?
1: Yes, however, what they should be doing is if they're testing you for STIs, mm. the chances of you having herpes are mm-hmm. quite high and it's yeah. something that people should know. Mm-hmm. But having that information, if you've never had an outbreak, is that really gonna make a difference?
0: Yeah. It's interesting because, um, one of the porn doctors that, well, there's only one <laughs> porn doctor that everyone sees, uh, yep. uh, here in the Valley. And it's funny because different when, kind of doctor. Yeah. <laughs> right, yes. Right. Um, when he and I were having, you know, i had had an outbreak and I had to go to him for medication and. He was like, oh, you knew you had herpes. And I was like, yeah, I've known since I was 17. And he was like, oh, good, because when I have to break the news to people, it's usually like such a like a hard thing for them to process. But I'm like, that's exactly what we have to yeah. get past. It's, it can't be a devastation. When my friend found out she had herpes, she committed suicide. Um, and her boyfriend did shortly thereafter um, because they had found out they had had the herpes virus. And it's something so crazy that it's as easy as catching Uh, fucking cold (laughs) and to the point that people are getting to the point where they want to end their own lives over something like this it's mind-blowing
1: well if you don't know the repercussions of something like this on your life yeah right if you don't know that you can have a full, wonderful, happy, fantastic, healthy happy life. Sexual yes. and non sexual life. And you can have children if you're a woman yes. and all of those wonderful things.
0: Let's talk about that. The 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 chance of passing on herpes to your child is in, is incredibly low. I think they said 10 and so 100,000. It
1: depends if you're having Ten an outbreak thousand. at the time and where the outbreak true. is, right? True, true, and true. so if you're having an outbreak because you're under immense stress, mm. uh, all of these things kind of impact each other yeah so if you don't have an outbreak uh and you give vaginal birth and the outbreak is there the chances do go way up
0: so now let's talk about that so now this child is born with herpes but they haven't had sex with anyone so do they get the same shame that the rest of us get
1: doctor well probably of course (laughs) uh well the same thing happens with Children born with HIV. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And so we're not just talking about the U.S. perspective or, you know, the Global North perspective. Globally, Mm -hmm. these things continue to happen. Yeah. And that's assuming you have access to care. Yeah. uh, And antivirals. Because right now, as far as HIV is concerned, if you are HIV positive and you are taking antivirals, Mm -hmm. you can't pass it to somebody else, even if you're having unprotected sex. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that undetectable number that everybody kind of throws around sometimes. Yeah. uh, Means untransmittable. It's like a. It was a big uh, public health campaign a few years back where it was U equals U, mm. which is undetectable equals untransmittable. Oh, and so it means if you are on your meds and you yeah. take them the way that you're supposed to, right. and you get tested for your viral load, mm-hmm. uh, and the viral load is non-detectable. That means you can't pass it to a partner. Okay. Um, But there's a lot of variables for being undetectable and staying undetectable, which means you have to be really consistent and all of that stuff. Maybe we can get there with something like herpes at some point, but we're not there yet. See,
0: I thought we were closer to being there. I was kind of under the impression, honestly, for myself that being on my viral load kind of kept me from the, uh, I guess, kept my percentages down of passing it on to another partner.
1: I would it would really depend. So yeah. if you're not having outbreaks, then yes, absolutely. You've already reduced it significantly. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't, it's not a hundred percent guarantee. And uh,
0: doesn't it also, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't the virus also
1: decrease in your system with age? Over time. Yes. It could actually have the opposite effect. Oh, and so I depending I on your own the, immune okay. system. Okay. So all of those variables that yeah. I'm always throwing around, okay. they also apply, right? Because okay. age can sometimes be bad for our immune system. And so if you've had, if you've been exposed to a different kind of virus later in life, you might then get shingles. You might then Mm. get X, Y, Z, right? Depending on the virus that we're talking about. It's because your immune system is changing, uh, usually getting a little bit weaker. That's why it takes longer to heal as we age. Yeah, The same, theoretically, the same kind of issue occurs for some people and not others. Okay. So it just depends. I don't want to give any hard and fast answers like that.
0: Oh, well, here is another question. Um, So it says, can my partner have herpes and not me?
1: It's very unlikely. Okay. Depending on a couple of things. Okay. Right. And so it just seems very unlikely. So if your partner has it and you're using condoms Mm -hmm. and they've never had an outbreak and they were infected at the tip of their penis. Mm -hmm. Like if we put all of those things in a very specific line. Yes, possibility. Of course, right. Okay. The possibility exists. Yeah. Because it's the outbreaks are going to occur where the exposure happened. Okay. If that's covered by the condom, then yes. However, most people aren't using condoms. Right. So then it's very, very unlikely.
0: Genital herpes is the less infectious, though, correct? I don't, Out of
1: the two. I don't know if it's less infectious. If we're talking about do people kiss more or have okay. intercourse more? That makes more, more sense, yeah. You know, so like there's a lot more opportunity to pass it okay. along to somebody else. Okay. So infectiousness mm. uh, per se, I would say, is a little bit of a challenging category to okay. throw within. I'd say there's a lot more opportunity to pass it, Got it. oral. Okay. Uh, and a lot of people only do oral sex or yeah. all of those things, right?
0: So I think the, the question that most people are going to want to know from this, is it curable? Is there a vaccine coming?
1: There is a vaccine in the works, right? And right. so there's a couple of different ones in the works. Okay. Uh, it becomes really complicated uh, if you don't want to get into, like, the process of clinical trials and yeah. all of that stuff. So there's different phases. Let's mm-hmm. say there's four different – there are, in fact, four different phases of clinical trials. Uh, and, excuse me. And first it's about safety, and then it's about uh, the the – the amount of people that it, that are trying it to make sure that it's safe and no negative repercussions and all of those kinds of things or that the repercussions are plus or minus manageable or better than the process of having said illness right right, right. Uh, and so in clinical trials there's three currently kind of in the works right now that are in clinical trials um and so but for that to happen, it's not like the COVID vaccine that right. was really fast and it went into clinical trials and it did all of those steps, but it did all of those steps very
0: quickly. But people were also dying at a rapid rate and Correct. Herbie's is not doing
1: that to anyone. Clinical so. trials 100% almost never worked the way that the COVID vaccine mm. worked. Uh, and so that's what made people really nervous about something like it's that. how fast it was, How yeah. fast it was, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but even years later, we know that it's been exact it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing and we're not being tracked digitally through the mm-hmm. vaccine and all of those things as far as science is concerned right uh but the the herpes vaccine is still going through all those things okay. and so but it's been I want to say eight decades or so that they've been trying to what? figure things out. No, no, not for these specific clinical oh. trials. These are very recent. I
0: was like, uh, "Well, goddamn, that's are, my whole life. I could have avoided
1: this." They've so. been trying to they've been trying to solve herpes for a very long time, yeah. which is about eight decades since they've kind of been Interesting. Into it. Uh, but there are three kind of in the works, and so uh, I'm sure some of our listeners um probably have heard of clinical trials happening in Mm. their neck of the woods. Mm. And so that's usually how it works. Uh, You know, when you want to get large, large populations, it depends on where you're going to do it. You also want to have a variety of different people uh, because that the biology might not work the same on white versus African-American or black or Hispanic. Mm. Right. There might be variables at play. And so to include a larger percentage of different kinds of people Mm. is really the ultimate goal. To know what those effects are gonna be, right? Uh, I'm sure you've probably heard uh, when you were talking about um, HIV meds and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where uh, they're not sure how it works on uh, transgendered male or transgender mm, female. Because the hormones. Because it's never been tested in, in, mm. or it hasn't been tested enough, right? Okay. And so that it's always like a little asterisk at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, Where we are not sure if it works. So let's say it doesn't until we know for sure, which is its own trials, its own Mm -hmm. process before it gets FDA approval, which is what we ultimately want. Yeah. Right. And so if you trust the FDA, which has been kind of in turmoil since Trump and since COVID, um, but they've always been really great about protecting us Mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. And that that's a mixed bag of a statement because it hasn't protected everybody equally. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that's absolutely the reality of what that looks like. Uh, and by equally, I mean race, gender, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So everyone is not protected equally. But, um, you know, they are trying to do the good science to protect us from these things. So
0: t- that's a long so answer. Currently,
1: to a, Currently, there is none. no. currently no Uh, but understanding that that is in the works works. it's not like we've been ignoring it Mm -hmm. we haven't been um but since we don't talk about it as much how likely do these things get funded Mm. like how likely do studies on stis get funded really depends on the political will of people so as much as we like to think that they're separate they're not because they're the ones deciding yes or no on where that money could go to fund projects like this yeah
0: Interesting. Well, and honestly, at the end of the day, at least in my mind, and I'm sure in in science's mind, there are bigger fish to fry before. I mean, like we have established herpes isn't the end of the world. You can still live a happy, healthy life. So much of the population carries this virus in their system. Uh, You're not alone
1: and it's not going to kill you. So. um, And once you have it, the vaccine actually wouldn't be a cure. So there's mm. a difference. Right. Okay. Uh and so cure would mean we're all
0: gonna have to die off you before know? <laughs> your exposure.
1: That's why and we're not necessarily talking about HPV today. Yeah. But there's quite a bit of controversy about the HPV vaccine because you because people have to take it very young. Mm, and so yes. it forces parents to, to have a sexuality. conversation to to even consider the notion of having that sex. That their child will be sexual at some point in life. <laughs> right. And so, but when you're taught, when you have to have that conversation at like between nine and 13 for a young girl mm. and a little bit older for boys mm. uh, and the percentage for boys that get the vaccine is incredibly low at this point. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so gender plays a huge role there. Yeah. Anyway. Another,
0: uh, another episode. But an- yeah. There's yeah, so I much. I know. Uh, and it's
1: hard to. It's hard to pierce these out into like very simple little pieces because it is complex. But uh, that cure or that vaccine doesn't cure you if you already have it. And so that distinction is going to apply. It applies to a lot of things. Even if one day, hopefully soon, we have an HIV vaccine, Mm -hmm. right, which would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have it, that's not a cure. It's different. Got it. Right. Uh, But it would prevent you from getting it and... Save our children. It's for the new generation.
0: Right. We're working for you guys. We're already fucked. All right. All right, guys. Uh, yeah. That's it for this episode. I feel like we could go, I could go on for hours about this uh, topic. Um, and maybe we will at another uh, time and date. But uh, for now, I think uh, we're good here. So thank you, Dr. Eddie, for uh, your public health knowledge. I really appreciate you in this. And I'm sure the audience does as well. Until next time, guys. Adios.